Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. Network News, Episode 174. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Greetings, God Network News fans, to another great series that we'll be doing on movements for these next few weeks. We've got some exciting podcasts that have been recorded by some colleagues of ours, all on the topics of movements, what makes movement leaders, what makes a movement, all kinds of exciting things. We're going to be focusing a lot on what God's doing in this season of missions, which is movements of peoples, whole people groups to Christ. There's amazing things happening, miracles everywhere. One of our organizations that we are partnering with, 2414, is already monitoring 1,360 movements. And each of these movements have over 56,000 new believers among them. And these are just amongst unreached people groups. So God is up to something really fantastic. And we're going to be looking into this in the next few weeks of our podcast of God Network News. Portions of our podcast will be made up of of rebroadcasted podcast interviews from a friend of ours named Steve Addison. Steve Addison is a great podcaster and very passionate about movements of peoples to Christ. And Steve has his own podcast, very successful podcast, with over 226 podcast episodes. And the name of his podcast is On the Road to No Place Left. And we highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast because he has an overwhelming library of exciting topics related to movements. And if you want to learn more about movements, this is the place to find the information. And he has lots of training and tools and other resources that will really make your investigation of this topic successful. So we really want to thank Steve Addison and his partners there at movements.net forward slash podcast. That's how you can find it at movements.net forward slash podcast for all of the resources that he has given us for these next few podcasts. Thank you very much, Steve. And it's largely because the existing movements are now training up, sending out workers to start new movements in nearby peoples. So some of the most effective movement starters, as you might imagine, are the people who were spiritually born and raised up by these by these movements they don't, they really don't have to unlearn a lot of the things that a westerner would have to unlearn in order to start 
something new. This is just the way it's always been done. This is the way they always mm-hmm. do it. And, and um, so that has led to a, an explosion of new workers being sent out that are not part of any existing Western mission structure and are often very much outside uh, the normal, um, I mean, they don't write articles for IBMR or Mission Frontiers. They, they, they're, they, they don't show up in, in, you know, prayer inserts and bulletin inserts in, in Western churches. They, they don't have videos and, you know, what have you. So um, they're largely unseen. What? Um, the ones that are happening in the Western countries are really deep under the radar because they just don't want the attention either from the traditional church or from uh, well-meaning people who 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 want to bring in money and and workers and and things like that. They they want to keep it as a as a as a movement the way that they you know that they've been trained. So they're often very unlikely to want to talk about the fact that, that they're that they're doing something or that they're seeing fruit. But yeah, there is some fruit that's happening. Also there's a fair number of uh a fair amount of engagement of uh what we would call diaspora peoples hmm. that are in Western environments as well that's that's seen some fruit too. And um... yeah, a lot of the movements that are presently happening um, have been developing now for five, ten, sometimes as long as twenty years. Honestly, mm-hmm. under under the uh, without really being noticed, a lot of the Western work is fairly new, less than five years old. So uh, um, my general theory is, yeah, let's give it another five years, and and we'll see we'll see what dynamic has emerged out of that. Um, yeah. I like you, I celebrate what's presently happening, um, but I'm. I guess when I run into that, I think, well, we're we're kind of in the long haul. People want things to happen, you know, within the, within a year or within a few months, but that's not the way that it typically works. And we're in it for the long haul. We'll see what happens. I think that the first and the foremost characteristic that we always see in these kinds of movements is, of course, extraordinary prayer um, and a reliance on scripture on seeing what's in scripture, obeying what's in scripture, sharing with others around you and making disciples. Um, that it's, it sounds very rudimentary, but I, I think really what happens is in the, in the traditional Western church, the model is let's invite our neighbors to a professionally done church service in a building with great worship and great preaching, and they'll want to come back to the professionally done service with great music and, you know, great teaching. And that's okay, except that, that, that you, it's limited by the number of people that you can have in the church building, and it's limited by the number of people that want to come to the church building, right? Um, with the movement, you really flip it on its head, and you um, focus on making um, – the typical person, not the not the professional, but the typical lay person in the pew, you, you focus on making them into people who are the ones sharing and the ones who are who are making disciples. Um, and so you have to keep that it, that has to be kept very simple. That has to be kept so easy that anyone can do it. And yet so tied to scripture that there's always an easy standard to come back to whenever you have a question. 
You're listening to God Network News Podcast with your host, Cal Curtis. Look up our website at godnetworknews.com. So, uh, for one thing, uh, with these movements, you know, we, we generally don't use, uh, like with the movements that, that beyond the agency I'm with, that we're with, we, we generally don't use special courses. We don't use special Bible studies that people have written. We don't use special curriculum. It's all centered around uh, basic scripture. Um, and it, it's built around, you go to the scriptures for, for the, the stories you're going to share and the questions you want answered. And, and if you ever run into a question that you don't know how to answer, your, your first question is not to talk to the, the outsider or the Westerner or whoever to find out the answer. The first question is you go to the scripture and say, what does scripture tell us about this question you know how do we how do we obey that and maintaining that simplicity and the focus being on listen to scripture listen to the spirit obey share and teach them to do the same thing um is really is really key to movements continuing to grow the the other thing that i would say is that you have to have uh, every every movement has coaching relationships of some kind, um, and obviously that's a scriptural principle. You know, Paul Paul to Timothy to you know uh, what you've heard from me, you pass on to others. Um, but maintaining those coaching relationships is critical uh, to to maintaining a movement's scalability. Uh, and beyond, one of the things that we talk about doing is coaching circles. So, for example, all of our workers. And all of the people that they are related to and all the people that they are related to, we're all in coaching circles. And each circle is facilitated by somebody who's just a few steps further on than you are in your journey. And that facilitator is also in a coaching circle with people who are a few steps further along than them. So that there's always a, there's always a chain of encouragement and accountability and prayer. And if you can't figure something out and your coach can't figure something out, then they have somebody to take it to. Um, and ha- having that network of relationships is incredibly important to to keeping a, a movement scalable, where you're continuing to to move out into larger and larger numbers. What about funding? Yeah, that's a really difficult that's a really difficult animal, and I, I am so grateful that it's not my animal. Um, you know what, the, what patterns do you see? Sure, yeah. From movements that are getting to that fourth, multiple gen, streams of fourth generation. Well, how do right. they use money? Well, one of the things that we've generally learned over time, and generally found over time, is that money interjected into relationships can be a real killer. Um, especially when it comes in the form of salaries. Once you start paying somebody a salary to do something, uh, then if the money ever goes away, they stop. They, they're tempted to stop doing it because they're no longer getting the salary for it. So it's a it's a real challenge. On the other hand, you have to remember that the worker is worthy of their hire, and you know people have to eat. Um, and beyond that, you occasionally find instances where training is important, where gathering together and cross-pollinating lessons learned is important. Uh, there are some tools we found that have been very, very helpful, like um, you know, MP3 media players, and especially in orality-based cultures, 
where people can have like the, the Bible stories recorded in their language on, a, on an MP3 player. Um, there's lots of different things along that line where uh, having some funding is helpful. So I think most movements, generally speaking, um, would avoid uh, anything that smacks of paying salaries to people. Um, and certainly if there is any income for churches, it needs to be local and not coming from outside. Uh, but that said, uh, there are times when um, some agencies will try to help to find funding for either projects or, you know, certain things like, um, like we've done Bibles, of course, and we've, we've even done, you know, bicycles for workers that help them get to places more easily when they're doing church planning activities. And uh, there's been some money raised for media players and things along that line, but they're, they're more one shot. Um, let's, how can we amplify the work of a movement by helping to provide, you know, you have to balance the issue of, you don't want dependency. You don't want unhealthy dependency, but on the other hand, you know, Paul gathered uh, gifts for churches that were in the middle of famine. Um, my wife and I were recently reading a scripture where Paul said he was going to come and then they were going to give him a gift and send him on his way. And we both looked at each other and said, Paul was really gutsy about, about this, maybe a little more gutsy than I am. Um, so there's there's that tension between those two that that every movement has to sort out on their own and, and figure out how that's how that's going to work. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating to help us continue to bring exciting stories fresh from the field. Visit our website at godnetworknews.com and select the PayPal link on the right side of the page or consider becoming a Patreon partner to receive access to more valuable materials exclusive to our members.